Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to Living Color Abroad. I'm your host, Andrew Rodriguez. And on this episode, you'll be listening to me. This will be a solo episode, Quarantine Thoughts Part 2. And if you haven't listened to Part 1, I suggest you check that out. And on this episode, I give you an update on life here in Costa Rica from everything that consists of my personal life and my professional life. And that includes my job. My job has changed. I'm now in a master's program. I moved. And a whole bunch of other things regarding family, thoughts on mortality and purpose and all that other deep shit (laughs) that you, if you want to listen to that kind of stuff. But yeah, I hope you enjoy. This is A Living Color Abroad. Welcome to Quarantine Thoughts Part 2. If you haven't listened to Part 1, you can check it out. That is episode... What episode is that? I'll tell you right now. That is episode 36. Quarantine Part, quarantine Thoughts Part 1 is episode 36. So if you want to hear, that was about... Oof, that was what, two months ago? Two, three months ago I did that episode. And I think uh, it was warranted a Part 2 because... Sorry, it was warranted a Part 2... Because I didn't disclose that much information. I, I spoke around a lot of stuff because certain things were still in the works and in transition. And I'm one of those people, maybe you're like this as well, where you don't want to speak about something that hasn't happened yet or hasn't come to fruition. Um, you know, to like you know, to like not jinx yourself, so to speak. So I didn't want to do that and also for because <laughs> certain things I couldn't speak about in that moment. <laughs> and now I could. And I told you guys those that listened to my episode. Um, that I was going to disclose it because I think it's important. Um, you know, if for those that are, that do listen week in week out, I appreciate you very much. I know who you, I know some of you that listen to week out. You, you text me and some of those that know me personally. And if I don't know you personally, please let me know if you if you like what you hear. Send me a message on on Instagram and things like that. If you if you like what you hear and want to start a conversation, I'm always open for stuff like that. But anyway, so yeah. So in part one, just to give you guys a little recap, I spoke about three big buckets. Uh, my job. Uh, I was also talking about something study-wise. I was trying to do a master's program. So my job, my studies, and then also personally, I was moving. So I moved to a new apartment in a new part of town. So, and then I spoke about family. I spoke about a lot of stuff. <laughs> it was all like, you know, all the stuff that came out of my mind. So let's start, let's start with that, right? Let's start first and foremost with me moving. So I lived one year in this complex, um, called Concasa here in Costa Rica, and is the is the place that uh, the school puts you. They provide the housing and they put you there in this housing, and it's you know they pay for the housing and everything, and like that's where you live. And if anyone's followed my personal Instagram page, you see where I live. It's pretty nice. Like it looks kind of like a resort kind of. You have this big pool, palm trees everywhere, beautiful views. It's very picturesque in that way. Um, the only downside to living in that complex was the fact that it was far away from everything. And I don't have a car. So I needed to do anything. I had to take an Uber or walk to like the local, the supermarket that was attached to the complex, or, like the one bar attached to the complex and things like that. So everything felt very like insular and like closed off from like the rest of like society first, you know, because it was it was a complex, you know, it was like a condominium complex. 
And it was very nice. You know, I could do like my jog around the complex, stuff like that. But again, it felt very like insular and I couldn't really do much outside of that. So I felt like it was time to move. And um, I was thinking about that for a while. And a lot of my colleagues that were in their second year at the school, they all moved to like this neighborhood called uh, San Santa Ana. But here they call it Santana. Like they combine it like Carlos Santana. So Santana. And um, so they move, they all moved in that area. And they said, yeah, you know, con casa is cool, but you're going to want to move. So I really, it's funny because during the quarantine itself, I didn't, I was liking the area I was in. Like I had a balcony, I could listen to my music, sip my rum and coke. And, um, you know, I was getting, I was like getting used to it, just being indoors the whole time because of the quarantine and the pandemic, the, you know, the height of it. Well, not really the height of it. Now it's really the height of it. Let me let me backtrack. But, you know, during the whole quarantine and stuff like that, and I was, you know, I was scared to, like, venture out too much. So I was home a lot. And, um, you know, I was getting used to it. I'm like, oh, this is cool. At first, I kind of hated the place. Not, I'm not going to lie. It was very quiet. But then I got used to it. I got used to the quietness. And I was like, I enjoy the quietness. But then I'm like, I got to see somewhere else. I, I can't stay here another year. I have to move. So long story short with that, I was looking at apartments. And in this area, Santana, because it's close to my job, it's like 10 minutes out, you know, because thankfully, because I don't have a car, but my job provides like transportation. So like they pick you up in like the neighboring towns that you're in and, you know, at like a bus stop basically. And they pick you up from that bus stop. So it was important to me to be, you know, out of where I was, but also near enough where the bus route goes by and it's not too far from work. It's like a 10, 15 minute ride to work. So that was crucial to me. So I visited like four apartments. Um, and the apartment that I picked, for those of you that have seen my apartment via social media and Instagram, my, my personal page, um, I fell in love with it. I tell people this, I joke with you all the time. It's like the <laughs> New York studio apartment of my dreams that I can't afford. <laughs> so it's a studio apartment with a balcony, super nice, like it looks like I'm in the forest. Like if you open the door, you open it up, it looks like boom, I'm like in the forest. Or you see a trees. No one can see me. So if I want to, I can walk around naked if I want to. <laughs> it's not really my style. Not really my style. But if I want to, I can just walk around butt naked. And, you know, I just will do whatever because it's I have that kind of privacy. And, you know, and it's near so many things. Like I'm literally across um, next to a supermarket. So I, could, I literally walk two steps to the supermarket. There's like, you know, there's fast. There's like a McDonald's, a Pizza Hut nearby. If I want to Uber anywhere, it's like a five minute Uber ride to anything that I would want to like do or like I could walk. You know, and that was crucial for me coming from New York City. I'm obviously, you know, most of you know, like New York City, you could walk to many places in New York City and a car is not needed. And so I wanted that. I wanted that kind of feeling here in a way, you know, to be able to walk to more places. It's still nowhere near like that, obviously. But I'm, I'm able to walk to more places that here now where I'm currently living than where I was. So that was one personal thing that, you know, I wanted I wanted to move. And I love where I'm living right now. Like, I absolutely love it. And here right now, since I'm teaching. Um, and we're in the pan we're in the middle the midst of the pandemic and we're doing virtual teaching. And it's nothing like waking up to to birds chirping and watching these trees in my balcony, um in my apartment, then logging onto my computer and doing virtual teaching. So that was um so that was one thing that I didn't really disclose because it didn't happen yet. But it happened and I'm very happy. Um the second part, so I'm going going from like I don't wanna say lowest priority, but like, you know, kind of what was on my mind the most. So it was housing was on my mind. Now the next bucket. The next bucket was my job. So something pretty crazy happened over the summer. It was a pretty adventure. Uh, not tumultuous. Tumultuous in some ways, my summer. But also, there's a lot of things happening. A lot of changes as well with my job and my school. Because the pandemic, 
you know, obviously affected the economy worldwide. It also affected Costa Rica and my school. So unfortunately, in my school, a lot of people lost their jobs. Like, I don't know the number, but it was my colleagues that I worked with last year, like at least, at least five to eight of them are no longer there. And these people that were working at the school for a long time. And trust me, these I contemplate the fact that me as an expat kept my job while locals did not. Like that that's kind of the, the mind fuck that I was in. I'm like, how do I get to keep my job? I've only been here a year. But someone that's been here twenty years doesn't get to keep their job? Like to me that's wild. Like if I was to put my foot on that, like I would be like, How is that fair? But that's a whole nother discussion. But again, so I'm seeing people that have been working their whole lives there lose their jobs. And I'm like, This is crazy. And then I was worried I was going to lose my job, though, because I'm like, oh, I teach music. They don't care about music. I'm going to lose my job. So I was very concerned. But my principal at the time said, no, your job is secure. So I'm like, all right, cool. But then one day he calls me. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, do I have my job? <laughs> he's like, yes. He's like, I wouldn't just call you like that so you don't have a job. I'm like, all right, cool. What's up? So he tells me, he's like, well, your job is affected. And I'm like, how? He said, well, we fired the other music teacher. I'm like, what? So they fired the choir teacher. And then he's like, the director and myself were looking at your resume, you know, for I guess when I applied, like, oh, we see you have some choir experience, so we would like you to do choir. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, my choir experience is like, well, what I was doing in college? Like, I, <laughs> I've never taught choir at um at a high school, middle school level, which is what they wanted me to do. Like, I've done, obviously, elementary choir, like that I can do, That's but that's like my forte, like elementary music. And like working with that age group and that, you know, and that and that uh, that group is where I do best and what I've always done in my career. I've never really worked on middle school, and high school in this kind of setting. I've worked it in my in my past as far as, you know, private lessons and things like that, but never in like a school setting teaching general music or whatever. So I was very hesitant. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm being honest with you. Like, this is not in my toolkit. Like, I know what I could do, what I'm capable of. And I know what I'm not capable of. And basically, he's like, all right, I'm going to let the director know. And, you know, that wasn't well-received. Well <laughs> so we had to have, like, a whole meeting. And the music department and myself, we had to come up with a proposal to make it feasible for me to be able to do choir and do what I'm currently doing. So right now, I'm doing elementary music, when I what I still do. And then on top of that, I'm doing choir. So I must say, I was super, like, I, will be, I was thinking about leaving because I was, I was not happy I saw like this picture in my head of like what was happening to the school and I was not pleased in the direction the school was going. I'm like, this is not looking, it's not looking promising. But thankfully, there was something else that was on my mind. <laughs> so this is like the crazy thing about life, I feel, is that life just throws you things on your plate and you gotta, you gotta deal with that, man. You gotta deal with that on your plate. You can't just throw it out like, ah, this ain't, no, you have to deal with it. I mean, you could, you could be like, I'm done and just, throw everything out in the trash, but then where do you start, right? You start from scratch. I didn't want to do that, right? So I'm like, no, let me let me deal with what's on my plate. So as for those that listen to the first part, you know, it was housing, my job, and now here's the third bucket, right? Because this, this is intertwined with my set with the job part, the master's program. So for those that know, a, a part of the reason why I came to Costa Rica, obviously was Costa Rica and like the school, I like the school, but also because of, the, of this master's program that they were offering. A fully funded, so basically it's free for me, master's program in international education from King's College in London. Now, King's College London, I didn't know about this school. I'm not, I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, I know. No, 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 no. But in doing research, it's a very prestigious university. Like, last time I checked, it's like one of the top 30 universities in the world. 
like top 10 in the UK and like 30th in like 30 and 30th in the world. So I'm like, wow, obviously a very good university. And the fact that if I could get a free education from there, what? I can't pass that up, you know? And so that was a big reason for me to come in here. So I, I was doing that application throughout the, throughout from March, basically the beginning, the beginning of the pandemic till June. I was in my, my all my stuff, my proposal and all these things. And I had to wait. It was like a wait game. Again, I had to wait for housing. I had to wait for this master's thing to come through. And I had to wait as well to see what was going to happen with my job. So you can imagine me being in my position, having to wait for three different things that will heavily affect me. <laughs> you know, my housing, I wanted to move, I wanted to go to a new place. The master's will, will, will determine how long I might be here. And then my job will also determine how quick or soon I leave, right? Or if I want to stay. So that was a lot. It was a lot on my mind, man. And it was and it was hard not to like think about that all day, every day. Like I'm sitting, like I was thinking about that a lot. Every day, all day. A one or all three. Either it was one, two, or three, all three of them at the same time. And it was stressful. So all, what I had to remind myself was I did my part. And I spoke to this a little bit on the first um quarantine thoughts. Like I did my part. And th- and I think that's what I learned. Because because I did my part and I did what I could do, I, you have to leave the rest out. You have to just let things fall where they're going to fall, right? We, we can only control so much. And I was trying to control everything. But you can only control what you can control, right? What, what was physically possible for you to do is what you can do. You can't do more than that, right? You can't tell somebody, hey, I want this. You better make it happen. You can't control what they're going to do. You got to hope it falls in the favor that you want, right? That it's in your favor, but you can't control that. So I had to keep reminding myself of that and talking to my friends and, you know, and colleagues and people that, that I respect and, and admire and, and have as mentors. They told me the same thing. They're like, yo, chill out, chill out, do what you do. And then let's see what happens. And thankfully, I can say this now, like it all worked out. Like, did it work out exactly the way I wanted? No. And that's a crucial thing because the job, I still, had to, I, still, I still have to do choir, right? I still have to go middle school, high school choir. But guess what? Here's a silver lining in that. I like working now with the middle school and high school. I like the fact that I'm working in literally the entire school. Like, I'm teaching older siblings and younger siblings in this school. You know what I mean? I feel like a whole school kind of teacher in that way. And that feels kind of cool. And the reason why I like teaching music, and not just music, but being in the arts and specials, is that you see different students all the time. I wouldn't, I would, I would never want to be a classroom teacher because I would never want to see just one class every single day. That would bore me to tears, to tears. It would bore me. So I'm glad that I can see different kids all the days. Because guess what? If you have a bad class, you have a new class in 45 minutes. You know what I mean? So I love that fact. So I, I have. No qualms now. Like the workload is a little bit, is, a, is a lot more now, but I have no qualms as far as what it looks like now. You know what I mean? And so, and then the masters, I got accepted, right? So the housing got taken care of. I was so happy it finally got taken care of. Then the job changed. It changed, but thankfully, I'm thankful for my other colleagues. We wrote a proposal that also lessened the workload from where it currently was going to be, and it made it more manageable for me. So I felt supported by my colleagues. That were looking out for me, you know, and we found the plan that worked for all of us because it affected all of us at the same time. And then for the masters, and then I got accepted, finally got my acceptance letter or acceptance email. <laughs> and um, that was crucial too because all that time between March, right? And then when I aired that episode, which was like a couple months ago, where I was waiting for the decision, like I was doubting myself a lot. 
Like a lot, a lot. I'm like, Angel, you can't. I don't know if you could do this, man. This is a lot of work, man. You sure you want to stay here? You sure you want to do this? You want to go through? So many doubts. Whenever, And this is what I've realized. And any big decision that I make, and I'm sure you guys can relate to this as well, right? You, the, just the doubts come in. And I always wonder, wait, why do they come in if you're doing it? And I and I think I have a, I have a reason as to why. is because your brain wants what's comfortable for you, right? Your brain doesn't want you to work out. You got to convince yourself that you have to work out. Working out is not comfortable, right? Because you're literally stressing out your muscles to get stronger, right? And then they'll eventually get comfortable at that, you know, whatever, that weight you're lifting, you know? But that shit's not comfortable. So you have to you have to, you have to convince yourself to do the uncomfortable so then you can become comfortable again. And that's like a repeated process I'm noticing. Because I've seen that in my, in my life. When I first got my first real job, and I saw a salary, <laughs> and I wasn't making salary eight years ago. And I was like, wow, this is literally going to change my life. I was scared. I thought I couldn't do it. I was I was literally thinking about, yo, how long until I get severance? Like, I was thinking about getting fired. My brother was like, I don't know if I get my brother Anthony. Shout out to Anthony if you're listening. He's like, Angel, you think you haven't even got the job yet? You haven't accepted the offer? You think about getting fired? <laughs> but that's where my mind was at. I was thinking about worst case scenario all the time. And... You know, and I was there, ended up being there five years, you know, and um, also the fact with, you know, the job, I, you know, I'm, I'm like what I'm doing now. And and also I want to speak to the fact that this master's because it's not, it's not just the fact that I'm doing this master's, you know, people. I'm going on a tangent, but that's all right. Please, please go with me here. Please go with me. The thoughts are coming, are coming fast, fast and fluid, fast and furious. They're coming. Um, you know, social media. We We see these these images, right? Literal images, videos of people that are succeeding, right? Whether it be celebrities that you follow, your friends, whatever. And you think that's all that life is. And it's not. And we know it's not. But when you're looking at it, you don't think like that. When you see all these vacations and all this other shit and people just, you know, posting whatever, uh, uh, freaking baby reveal or engagement, you know, you think that's what life is, that these people are doing these things at every moment, that everyone's getting married, that everyone's having a kid, that everyone's getting engaged, that everyone's graduating, that... that those things are, I mean, don't get me wrong. Those things are obviously happening, right? They're being posted. But you don't see the in-between of that, right? Nobody's posting the struggle. Nobody's posting when they were crying about their boyfriend or girlfriend. Nobody's posting about when they were about to break up. Nobody's posting when they failed the class. Nobody's posting when they thought about dropping out. Nobody's posting that. Because we want to show the good side, right? So, and it, it makes sense. It's social media. Nobody wants to see you crying on social media. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> That's not what you go on social media for. You go on social media to be kind of happy a little bit, even though it still depresses you. But anyway, so the, the point being is that I applied to a master's in New York and didn't get accepted. And that was crazy because if I would have got accepted there, that would have kept me in New York. And I didn't get accepted. And when I didn't get accepted to that master's program in New York City... And that was a master program that I thought I, I, I thought I was gonna get accepted. That's the thing. I thought I was gonna get accepted. I'm like, oh, I got this. This is this is ain't that hard. I should get in. Nope. And I then I didn't. And then I had to reevaluate things and see where I go from there. And now here I am, a year later, <laughs> in a master's program from Prestigious University for free. Mind you, this other one I was excuse me, I was applying to, that wasn't for free. Like I would have had to pay out of pocket, but I was willing to do it. Here, they're paying for my education, right? So I'm not a huge, let me just say this. I'm not a huge believer in everything happens for a reason. But sometimes you have to kind of humble yourself and realize 
whether where you say it's God, whether you say it's the universe, what is show whatever it is you believe in that's showing you what life is about, you gotta humble yourself before that. And let me I'll be honest with you right now. When I got that acceptance letter, I wasn't crying. I was just so excited. I called my friend, my two friends that helped me, my colleague and a, and a great friend of mine. Shout out to Alex and Steven. And I didn't cry. That was just, I'm like, thank you guys, you know, for helping me so much. You know, I gave them gifts way before I got the acceptance letter because without them, I wouldn't have been able to do it anyway. Um, But then it kind of hit me. Like 20 minutes later, then I, I swear to you, I started bawling like a baby. And I wasn't sad, obviously. I just felt so, I felt so much gratitude in my heart that there were two people in this world that were willing to be like, you know what, Andrew, I'm going to help you with this. I'm going to help you. Why? Because I care about you and you're a friend and I want to see you succeed. And for everyone else that supported me in doing this, right? But th- th- these two in particular, Alex and Steven, were critical in me getting accepted. And then also my principal who who um, told the, the universe, like, yes, I, he is a great worker. He should be accepted, you know? People that gave me those recommendations, whatever. Um... That's critical. And that made me feel so much gratitude because, yes, I worked hard. But, goddamn, I'm lucky too, yo. Like, I, I feel lucky, you know? Like, you work towards luck, but I do feel lucky at the end of the day. And, again, I was born like a baby because I felt like all that stress was, like, lifted, was gone, you know? I already, my job was already, was still secure, thankfully, in this climate. I was still doing what I love to do. I found the housing that I wanted, the place that I wanted to live in, I got to live in it at a discount. I had negotiated. And then I got acceptance to the master's program. Right? So these are the three things that I didn't disclose too much of, uh, of the first quarantine thoughts that I'm now letting you know for those that didn't know. And I always, I was I literally sat on my balcony, had a little celebratory rum and coke, as you usually do <laughs> after anything that happens to me. And I just felt so, again, so I thought about all those things. That it, there was a moment, not that long ago, right? Two, three months ago, where everything was gray and nebulous. And then here I am, two months later, where everything's clear again. And that's a beautiful thing, right? To have clarity. To feel like you have a purpose in things, right? Because now, like, for it was, like I'm recording this today on September 24th. This is the day I took my first master's class. <laughs> I took it was at seven in the morning here because they're doing it in the UK. So it was, you know, time different, seven in the morning. Then after that seminar was done, I went right into teaching. Was I tired? Yeah, I was a little bit tired. But guess what? I felt like I had purpose, you know? Like I'm working towards something. And that's so important to have. Like honestly, in my opinion, you know, that's all you want to have, right? It doesn't matter what you do. You want to have purpose in whatever the fuck you're doing. Pardon my language. In whatever you're doing, you know? You want to feel that purpose that when you wake up, there's something for you to do. Something that you not only want to do, that you have to do, but that also serves a purpose in somebody's life, right? And in your life, obviously. So those are things that I think about now and that I'm so grateful for every single day. Um... You know, and and also like, you know, th- those are all things that are just me, right? I'm talking about me, right? This is the masters is me. The housing is me, right? Um, and obviously the job is me. This is all centered around me, Angel as the individual. But I also, another thing that I mentioned, the first, the, the first quarantine thoughts, it was my family. I still have not seen my family, right? 
And, you know, obviously I still talk to them a lot. But my something that happened recently, I could disclose. My sister, she had to get her th- a part of her thyroid removed. She was having issues with her thyroid. And she had, a, she had like a nodule, like this growth inside of and by in the thyroid. And she had to get it removed. So you could imagine me being her, br- you know, her brother. Um, she's my youngest, the youngest out of the family. She's the only girl. And she's getting the surgery. And I know my parents are with kind of that kind of stuff. And I was super concerned because, one, I wasn't there, right? And I had to just wait to hear, well, you know, like I had I had faith, right? That everything was going to work out. But, of course, there's still that fear, right, of like, you know, again, the things you can't control, right? I can't control that doctor's hand, right? I can't make sure he has a steady hand when he's he's making sure he's removing that thyroid out. And let me tell you something. Before that surgery happened, I literally YouTube thyroid surgery and I saw it. It's absolutely gross to see. But I want to see what was literally going to happen to her, right? How they're going to do that. And in watching that video, I had I already had a, a, a tremendous respect for doctors, but I, I walked away watching that. I was like, wow, doctors are should be revered more than they are, you know? And if, if they're not revered, they should be revered even more, 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 100 times more. Because they could fuck up and then you die. But when they don't fuck up, they save your life and they make your life better, right? So my sister's life now, her life is better because now she doesn't have a growth in her throat that could affect her breathing her airway. Because somebody, this doctor, that studied for eight years, 10 years, was able to perform a surgery that's not considered routine, right? So I think about those things as well. So my family's on my mind as well, and I and I want to see them. I, I plan to see them. I, I don't have a flight yet because flights are kind of tricky to get during this pandemic because in Costa Rica right now, if you guys are not aware, it is terrible right now, the pandemic in Costa Rica. It is Literally the worst it's it's ever been since March. When things were cool and new, when things were bad in New York, right? In March, April, I was so happy to be in Costa Rica. Now it's the exact opposite. Things are really bad here. Um, they're like breaking records every day for cases, but I won't get too much into that. But again, you know, I miss my family. I talk to them. I hope to see them hopefully in October, hopefully next month. And then in November for Thanksgiving. That I already know I'm going to do. I already know I'm going to see them in November and December for Thanksgiving. Um, so yeah, so you know those things are all in my mind. And again, this the reason why I call this quarantine thoughts is because I'm literally, as you hear, <laughs> right? This will be edited, but as you listen to me talk, as goes on tangents. But I, th- you know, I'm going on tangents. But the, the the biggest thing I think I want anyone listening to take away from this is the fact that there was a moment in my life, and there will be right in the future, right? Not like oh, I'm great. No, no, no. Right, but there was a moment two, three months ago where things were very gray and nebulous. And that scared the shit out of me. And now things are clear again. It's going to happen again in the future. Hopefully not too soon. <laughs> but it's going to happen again in the future where things are going to be gray again. Right? Where things are going to be uncertain. And I guess my question for anyone listening is like, what do we do in, the, in those moments of uncertainty? Right? What do we do? Do we stress about it and, and, and make ourselves unhealthy? Do we give up? Do we face it, right? Like, what what do we do? We just let it be. And, you know, it, it's obviously a tough, quite easier said than done when you're in those moments, right? It depends what kind of moments those are. But my biggest thing in moving here, I said this when I first moved here, and when things were happening, when to make to, you know, for, for this to be my life currently, I had to make decisions. I had to be an active participant in my life, right? And I say active participant, right? Because... People are like, wait, it's your life, right? No, but obviously there's things that are still out of my control. Even though this is my life, there are things that that happen in my life that I don't have control over, right? I don't have control 
if the director of the school wants to fire me tomorrow, I don't have control over that, right? Sure, I could do my part, right? I could play a factor in that, but I don't have control over how he feels, right? Or how somebody feels about it. I don't got control over that. I only have control about what I feel and what I do. And it's up to me to feel good with what I feel and what I do, right? And if you don't feel good about what you feel and what you do, whatever that might be, then then you got to change something, right? So that, that I feel like I've I, I'm not gonna say I've learned that because I think that's that'd be foolish to say. I'm learning that more and more. That what we feel and what we do has to sit right within us, and if it doesn't, then you got to do something because you can't live life like that. Because that what's gonna happen? You wake up every day thinking about the what ifs, thinking about what you should have done instead of what you should instead of instead of should have what you should do moving forward right? You're constantly thinking about the past or the future, not dealing with what's in front of you. And let me tell you something. Also, let's talk about some cultural references right now, right? Because I also spoke about that a little bit on um, in Quarantine Thoughts. Like Chadwick Boseman, when he passed away, I was literally out with some colleagues. On, it was like, I think it was a Friday. I get home, you know, as usual, you know, you get home, you look at your social media, and literally that's the first thing that I see. And I said, what, what, what do you mean, Black, Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman? What? No, what do you? How, how is he dead? How? You know, you 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 just think that's not possible. And then you read he was living four years with cancer, and then he passed at forty three years old. And I, again, I'm not gonna lie to you. I literally sat down and cried. Literally cried over a person I do not know. Why? And I think probably a lot of you felt similarly if you listened to the news. Maybe you didn't cry, but you felt very, uh, uh, some sadness, right? When things don't make sense, you have to try to make sense of it. But then it still doesn't make sense. So what do you do? You let go. You release, right? So I didn't know this person, obviously. I saw his movie, but I didn't, I didn't die because I was a huge fan. I mean, excuse me. I didn't cry because I was a huge fan of his. I thought he was a good actor, though. But I saw Black Panther. It was good. I cried because of the tragedy that that is. That someone has left such a huge impact on society and on his craft, right? And for his fans, that he's no longer here. And that he had a deadly disease that he kept that secret, you know, if obviously besides his family. From everyone, I just dealt with it. He just carried it on his shoulders like that, like nothing. Like imagine that. The doctor tells you one day, you have cancer. You have you probably got four years to live. Or you got worse, you got six months. What do, you, what do you do in those moments? Like, how do you react? Again, how do you react in moments of uncertainty? Or in that case, certainty. Right? That you know you're not going to live past a certain date or a certain time period. Now, that's wild. So there's so, many, there's so many moments that have happened in 2020 in particular. I'm sure you guys, you know, I, I don't have to say all of them. But, you know, Kobe Bryant, you know, Chadwick Boseman, you know, obviously the pandemic and all this other stuff. But the, there's so many moments in life that it reminds you of your mortality. Right, and again, that was just another moment among other moments. Not just people dying. When I see things and things happen to me in a positive way, I think about my mortality. Of how lucky I am to just be living and be alive and see see what I'm seeing right now. You know, you shouldn't think about your mortality when bad things happen. Obviously, we often do that way in the West, especially. Right, we should think about mortality when good things happen too, so we can feel even more fortunate about what it is that we're living. 
And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you one more because it just came to my mind. I'm gonna do a, a one more. Sorry, morbid story, but I think it needs to be said. This happened literally like a week ago, on Instagram again. These two, this this girl that I met here in Costa Rica. She's living in the states now. I met a group of her and her friends while I was out by this beach town. So obviously you exchange Instagram, you know, and I follow her. And I see on her Instagram page, she says, so sad to see you go. And I'm like, so sad. And it's a picture of some of this girl that I met with her, her friend. And I'm like, well, this doesn't sound right. So I messaged her. I said, what happened? And she told me that she passed away. Mind you, this girl is 21 years old. 21. And I go, first of all, I say, I'm so sorry for your loss, number one. And number two, how did she pass away? And you, you know what it was? She was diagnosed with brain cancer at 21 years old. Literally, this is the timeline. I met that girl in February of this year. She was diagnosed when she went back to the States in March with brain cancer. She died four months later at 21 years old. I'm, what again another moment this is in the middle of the day for me I had to sit down another moment where I, I look at my mortality and feel one super sadness for this girl who, who who hopefully lived the most beautiful 21 years of her life but that couldn't live 21 more or 41 more or 61 more you know what I mean and it, 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 it's it's the old cliche but is the is the oldest cliche and the most truest. Tomorrow is not promised or ever promised. And I have to constantly remind myself of that. I'm and I'm being like I, I do remind myself of that. Because I'm I'll tell you right now, there's nights I go to sleep and I'm scared about death. I think about it. I think about my family, my my older parents. And it scares me to think about, wait, what? What, what am I going to do when mommy and papi are not here? What am I going to do? And those moments are hard for me to think about. Like, it, it's hard, you know? Especially if you try to go to bed and that's what comes to your mind, right? Death of your family members, stuff like that. But but also makes me appreciate that they are here, right? They're here now. So appreciate that. Talk to them more, right? And um, so it's just these moments, but again, right? Then the positive, the, what's the flip side? That my parents are here, that my friends are here, that I'm here, right? That I'm living. That's the positive flip side of that. And I tell people this all the time. There's, a, there's one song every day that I wake up, I play when I go in the shower. It's called Alive. And I, I would suggest anyone tell it's called Alive, is, and it's by a band called The Green. And it's a beautiful song, literally about just being alive. Because at the end of the day, that's all the fuck we got. It's all we got. Nothing else. And I know I'm going I'm going on a completely different tangent, but I don't really care right now because I think this is important to say. And for anyone that's listening. Um and yeah, like every day I listen to that song. Cause it constantly reminds me and it centers me about what really matters. What really matters? That's another great question, right? Like a rhetorical question. But I ask, I ask myself this, but what matters, Angel? What really, what really, really matters? What really matters to you? You have to answer those questions. And if you do answer them, then things become clear again. 
Because if you say loving someone and loving your family matters, then this little thing that's bothering you ain't going to matter no more. It's not. Or it's going to bother you less. Right? You're going to spend less energy on that thing that you find all of a sudden minuscule compared to the things that really matter. Like the people you love. The people that love you in return, right? What's reciprocal. Your, your, your purpose in life, your, your job, your career, making a difference in people's lives, right? Laughing with... So when those things become the things that matter, all the other shit becomes more minuscule. And if it's not minuscule, if it's still not minuscule, then you got to find a way to make it minuscule and to make it less than what than the value you're currently giving it, right? And that those are, those are the things I, I didn't expect to go this <laughs> to this this level. But again, I, I think it's important to say. And the one the one thing again, I, this there's still let me let me just preface this again or base this conversation is this, there's still so much that I need to learn and I'm still learning. And that's why I love having this podcast and conversation with people that I don't know from different walks of life, from living in different places around the world so I can hear their story too. Right? And then I can get a perspective on, oh shit, they think about shit like that. It's a little bit different than the way I do it, but that's okay because guess what? We're people, we're different, right? That's the beauty of it, the differences. Right? So... I guess I'll leave you on a final note because I was kind of, I don't know if it's a little bit too more, but <laughs> I'll leave a little final note here. So I guess the, the, the final note that I would leave it on is the fact that we, and again, it's cliche, but I'm still going to, even though it's cliche, I'm still going to say it. What, think about what really matters. Because when you do, you're going to see it. It's not a lot. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's the biggest thing. It, when you think about what actually really matters, it's not a lot. We think right now when we don't when we don't I think in our, in our in our conscious mind we think many things matter. But when we really sit down with ourselves and maybe in our subconscious it's very few things that matter and that's not a negative thing. It just in my opinion it means that we place so much value on things that are that mean shit in the grand scheme of things. That mean nothing. We place so much value on it. We get caught up in the moment, right? As we as was natural, right? For us to do. We get caught up but if we actually sit down at the end of the, at the end of the night, or you're sitting in your bed and you're like, "All right, let me look at my day. What really matters today?" You're gonna find it's not it's not gonna be twenty things that really matter. It's probably gonna be three or four or less, right? And I think I think if we ground ourselves in that, we're, we're better off when we're faced with moments of uncertainty in any kind of facet, because as they always say, right? It's always darkest before dawn. That shit is just true. That shit is true. So whenever there's more of this uncertainty, know that there's going to be something on the horizon, but you got to go there, right? It's not going to come to you. You got to literally, you got you to gotta walk that walk. And what I hope to serve, hopefully, in some kind of super small way for anyone listening, whether it's you want to live abroad, whether it's you want to you know, do something better, I don't know. I just hope that I can serve a little bit as an example and hopefully some inspiration of some kind um, for people that want to do something right want to do something that they feel is bigger than themselves right because right now with this masters i'm, I'm thinking there's so many things in my mind but i'm like you know what let me take it step by step let me see what life has in store for me by me walking this walk because again the things that i can't control are things that i can't control i have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow or a year of two years or five years from now. i have no idea and guess what i'm okay with that I 
hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, as you can see, I had a lot of thoughts. And as with most things, I, I tend to improvise. And, you know, of course, I had, I had things that I wanted to discuss. But, you know, I kind of let my brain and my thoughts kind of run wild a little bit. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, hopefully you got something out of that. You know, um, I'm not going to say too much more. Uh, you know, you just heard me speak for 40 minutes. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, um, if you want more of that, let me know. If you want more solo episodes. And if not, also let me know. Um, you know, I always have a uh, cool guest from all over the world on as well. But yeah, if you like what you hear, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow me on Spotify, and any of your other favorite streaming platforms. See you next week. This is In Living Color, Abroad. Peace.